started. Hey, mi gente. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, E. Marie, and this is Soy Chingona. You are joining us on episode six, Taking the D, Women on Divorce. I would like to introduce you to our special guest today, um, which is Veronica Reynosa. Veronica, thank you so much for being on my show today. Thank you for having me, Erica. Absolutely. Uh, I am so excited to bring you onto the show because you are talking about um, a subject that being a child of divorce, um, we don't talk a lot about, you know, the emotional parts, the things that you go through, um, the decision making that goes into, you know, marrying someone and thinking you're going to be with them the rest of your life and then coming to a realization that that isn't the case. And I don't hear enough women speaking about it. So, Veronica, what I'd like to do is I would like you to share with our listeners, um, who is Veronica Reynosa today? Um, today, I feel um, strong. Um, I feel I'm happy. I finally know who I am. Um... And that's who I am today compared to what has gone on in the past. So who are you as a woman today? Tell us more about Veronica. Who is Veronica? Veronica is um, sensitive, um, giving, um, enjoys her six children enjoys her four grandchildren and her family. Um, I've grown a lot mentally and emotionally. Um, And that's who I am today. I've come a long way. Uh, Didn't think so in the beginning. Right. And um, it wasn't easy to get to where I'm at today, but I've had a lot of support. Tell us, Veronica, since you're on the show to talk about divorce, what is your experience with divorce? How many times have you been divorced? Two times. And you're married now? I am remarried for my third time. Like they usually say third time is a charm. And that's what you believe? Your third time is your charm? Yes, I do. So tell us about the journey. And I know this is a lot for you to dig in deep and, and talk about. But let's talk about let's talk about your first marriage. Um, I was married um, for 13 years. I had, I had three beautiful daughters. Um, it was always... Uh, I was in love with this man, obviously. Um, Things got really hectic right in the beginning. Um, I did see signs while we were dating, but I'm like, oh, I can deal with it. I can do this. Um, I wanted to be loved, and I, at that time, I thought that was love. 
I hung in there. Um, we had our ups and downs, more downs than ups. Um, I felt like, like um, I wasn't strong enough for that marriage at that time. How old were you? When I got married, I was 20. And when you got married, do you feel like you got married for love? At that time, I thought it was love. Um, we At that time, um, I was expecting my first child, and we wanted to do the right thing. And because people would talk, oh my gosh, she's not married, but she's expecting. You know, nowadays it's different. And so... My husband and I thought that was the right thing to do. And I think at that time that we were in love, well, we thought it was love. Young love. Young love, <laughs> yes. And um, things were just rocky from the start, uh, but we tried our best to hang in there. Um, it was uh, a lot of um, drugs mm -hmm. involved. Um, and if that's the only way I could deal with that marriage, um, because it made me happy and made me say, okay, everything's okay. And, um, and we lost respect for each other along the way. And I kept on saying, no, things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. Um, our family was dysfunctional. And then when I had my three girls, I was wanted to move from house to house to house. We moved so many times because I thought, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. A new life, a new start. A new place. A new, new place, yes, yeah. just start over. And we were happy. We were on that honeymoon and uh, for a little while. And then it wind up being the same, back to the same thing again. I'm not having respect for each other. We would just look at each other. We would argue a lot. We would argue in front of our, uh, our children. Um, I found myself alone. Every time I go visit, he didn't want to come with me. And I was alone with my three kids. But, you know, even when you're married, sometimes you do feel alone if you're not with that right person. I always say that that's the worst feeling in my past relationships was lying next to someone and feeling so yes. alone. yes. Yes, and um, it wasn't a healthy relationship. I mean, it sounds like there was red so, flags very early on, but you there, just wanted to was, push through. There was, and, you know, some of my family members did know about it, and I needed to talk to someone, and um, they were very supportive. Um, they never told me to, oh, leave him, leave him. Um, I had to... Do that on my own. Finally figure that out. Do you think that if they did tell you those things and they said to leave them, would you have paid attention? Would you have looked at it different? No. It probably would have um, drawn me closer to my husband at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I would finally say, I would think about it and say, I should leave, I should leave, but I was scared. How can I start over with with three young girls? Right. You know, um, I didn't want to go move in with anybody. 
I had no money. Um, I moved in. Thank God I moved in with the family members that helped me tremendously. But that's not what I really wanted. I wanted a marriage. I wanted a family of my own. You know, and uh, I, I was just kidding myself because I was, I think I was just embarrassed. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? When you say you wanted a, a family, that that was important to you, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you were brought up? Like, what was your scenario in your home? Um, it was, I was the only child. And it was just me and my precious mom. Um, she tried the best to raise me. I never went without. Um, we had uh, our ups and downs as a relationship, mother and daughter, especially as I got older as a teenager. Right. And, um, and she was there to help me out a lot. And I didn't grow up with a father. It was just my mom. My mom was my mom and my dad. She played that role. You know, so I really didn't know a lot about love because I've never seen my mom with in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought when I met my husband, I thought that was love. That's the way it was supposed to be. And um, I wasn't myself. I wasn't myself, uh, especially during all those... Uh, those drugs. Was that like a coping mechanism? For me, yes, because it made me happy. I would clean the house all the time. Um, I would take care of my girls, uh, but then that effect wears off. And I was like, during the day I would, uh, the girls would be in school and I would just like, oh well, I feel like I'm gonna die. And I would tell my husband at the time, do not bring home um, this drug. Um, I don't want it in my home anymore. We've got to stop this. How did he handle that? Um, He said, okay. But then when he didn't bring it, I would get, I would have nothing to do with him. I didn't want to talk to him. Well, I would say, well, he could have surprised me. He could have brought it. He knows how I feel, you know, having negative attitudes and just, you know, yeah. And I believe, then I start believing I'm going to die. And what is the father going to tell my kids? Where's mommy? So I had to put a stop to it, but I was scared because I really thought I was going to go into, um, uh, I was going to have a relapse, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, uh, well, come to find out, I took that chance and left, and I didn't have a relapse. So you got to the point you were medicating yourself yes. with, with these drugs, and when you got to that point of feeling, I might die from this, and my children might be left without a mother, Mm-hmm. That's what triggered you to mm-hmm. leave your first husband. Yes. And like enough you... is enough. Mm-hmm. I've done this. I was just kidding myself. Things are not going to change. But like I said, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to, you know, people, I always worried about what are people going to say? What are they going to think? Oh my God, Veronica's, you know, going through a divorce. What's she going to do? She doesn't have a job. All those things. 
right. that a mom goes through. Or my husband at the time was like, well, you don't have a job. Um, I'm going to get custody of the girls. And that would scare me. So you guys would talk about divorce? All the time. Every time we would get in an argument, wow. divorce would come up. And then I'll say, well, why don't you leave? He'll say, why, why don't you leave? It was just a matter of time. And uh, it uh, escalated. And it got, you know, it got it bad as it did. So what was your b- final breaking point that made you not talk about divorce anymore and made you go through it? When I felt like I was going to die. Right? There was times where I didn't sleep for a few days. And I'm um, like, you know, um, I couldn't sleep. I was scared. My heart was pounding, racing. You know, I go, what am I going to do? You know, and I'm like, maybe he is right. Maybe I am going to lose my kids. Self-doubting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, I can't tell my family. I cannot. <laughs> How did he respond when you finally were ready to go through a divorce? I mean, you guys didn't talk about getting clean together and going into rehab or doing anything like that? Well, let me back up a little. We did talk about going to rehab. Okay. I said, I will go with you. We go together. And he said, absolutely not. He didn't have a problem with the drugs that were taking over us. Denial, denial. Yes, it was. But I feel like somebody was praying for me. And I believe that was my grandma. So he refuses rehab. And now you're at the point of, I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving. And you left. Yes. What did you guys go through during the process of divorce? How was that experience like? Um, well, I didn't know how to take the initiative to start paperwork. Mm-hmm. I knew it was over. It was over a long time ago. I was just getting started. And that was my first step of moving out so to say, Mm -hmm. um, to my um, aunt and uncle's house. And and then I had a friend uh, who helped me with the process because I had no money. I wasn't working. Um, I I put my girls in school. Um, Like I said, my aunt and uncle helped me out a lot financially. They didn't want me to start working right away because of my emotions, and I wasn't ready to work. I had to take care of my girls first. So I was blessed with that, that I had a roof over over my head. And um, so um, my friend helped me with the process where um, I didn't have to pay to file the paperwork. And um, then I filed for uh, uh, child support. Mm -hmm. And through that, I wasn't going to, but I was getting a few dollars here, a few dollars there, and that wasn't working. And I was afraid Oh, should I really go on to getting child support? If they're going to garnish his wages, he's going to get mad at me. Well, what what do I care? I wasn't with them anymore. Right. But that's my thinking back then. Right. You're, you, know, you were still putting his needs in his front of needs, yours, yes. even though you were yes. going through well, divorce. What is he going to say? What is he going to think? How will this affect oh, him? Oh, my God. What right. am I going to do? Um, you know, uh, I don't want him to see the girls. and. So by that time, you know, I did the process and 
um, paperwork was going through, and and then finally the um, the child support came through, and then I was starting to get a little bit established and feeling a little bit better, saying okay I can move on, and we had no assets, so I had to worry about that. Well, we lost our house, which is just material things, right? And I didn't care about that. I was just concerned about my girls. So did you, during this divorce session, you went through, you know, all these drugs and stuff in your, in your marriage and you were young. So did you ever go through anything with rehab after you left your first husband? No, not at all. Not at all. I, that's what I was afraid of. I would, I thought I um, was going to withdraw. Withdrawals. Thank right. you. Mm-hmm. And I never did. I never did. My concern was my girls. And then um, I was trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I started trying to experience going to church and nearby um, where, where I lived, mm-hmm. neighborhood church. You know, I thought that was the right thing to do. Um, so that's what kind of got me through as well. And then my family was very supportive. And they never said, I told you so. They said Veronica had to wake up and smell the coffee on her own. Right. She had to figure it out. Which you know is so hard to sit back as a family member and watch someone that you see go through that and hurt. But I think you're right too because I think it's your state of mind at that age. I mean, you were 20 years old when you got married and even if everyone around you saw those red flags, if they started expressing that to you, you might be even more attractive yeah. to that person yeah. and you yeah. might want to fight even more. You know, it's like the yes. the mom who tells you you're not allowed to see that guy and you're like, I don't think so, mom. And you go sneaking yes. off, right? As a teenager, yes. you're still in that teenage mindset. You're 20 years That's old. Very like, this young, is new. I think. Absolutely. And I wasn't mature. Neither was my husband at that time. We both were not mature. You know, but I think too, I think. In those times, now we're talking about the early 80s. Yes. Right? Late yes. 70s, early 80s. Yes. In those times, when you had said that you guys thought the right thing to do when you got pregnant was to get married, mm-hmm. back yes. then, that is what everybody did. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. your, uh, you know, friends and family around you, yes. weren't they all going through the same things of getting married very young? It was yes. just, that was the time that you lived in. Right. Right. And that's what we... we took that responsibility and say, okay, let's, let's get married. Let's try this. So let's do this. Mm -hmm. That was your first marriage. Yes. And how is your relationship now? You guys have three children. How's your relationship now with your ex? Do you have a relationship with him? I do. It took like 20 years for us to have a relationship. Um, I forgave him. Cause it, and then in the long run, I was thinking, what well, was both of us? You know, I can't say it was all him or it was all me. Because it takes two right. to have a relationship. And um, I accepted my, um, what do I want to say, um, that it wasn't all him. Right. You know, so you accepted your responsibilities. Yes, yes, yes. And um, but now um, we talk here and there. Uh, We we have two beautiful grandchildren together. Um, 
and yeah, we we're friends. Just took a long time to yes to get yes. there to get yes. to that point. So within this, now we've already said you've um, been divorced twice. So let's talk about your your second marriage. Let's um, tell me about your second husband. How did you meet him? How did that come about? Um, I've known him since I was 16. We met. Um, he was best friends with my cousins. And that's when we met the first time. And then we kind of crossed paths throughout the years. Okay. So I met him like 20 years later, again, when I was already divorced. My girls were getting a little bit older. I would take my mom to the grocery store. And that's how we hooked up again. We saw each other. And he remembered me. And I remembered him, and my mom would tease me and say, oh, I think he likes you, I think he likes you. And I said, no, mom, you know. And uh, she, goes, she goes, why don't you go out with him if he invites you out to dinner? I said, oh, no, no, not right now, I'm not ready. And she goes, it's not like you're going to marry the guy. You're young. You know, Miha, I can take care of the girls. Go out, have a good time. You deserve it. She wanted you to enjoy yourself. Yes, yes. And... I'm like, I thought about it. I'm like, okay, I could do this. Even though what I went through, try to leave it behind me. And um, so that's how I met him. And then uh, we started dating. And he had um, children. And then um, six months later, we were married. Wow, six months later. Yes. You guys moved very fast. Why do you we think did. you moved so fast? Because... I felt like he did love me. He was, I was hearing things, what he would tell me, that I was beautiful, I'm a nice person, and that's what I wanted to hear that I didn't really hear from the first. Right. And I'm like, yeah, this guy, you know, loves me, he's treating me like a princess, and I was all, all in love. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out, um... I was married to him for 18 years. Okay, so your first marriage was 13. Yes. And this one was 18 years. Yes. And you said he had children also. Yes. Um, and uh, we thought we could, having six girls all together, like the all Brady girls. Bunch. Okay. And <laughs> That's <so> a lot. <laughs> we lived together, all the six girls, because he had custody of them. And um, that didn't last very long all their personalities, and then there was drama. The girls were arguing amongst each other. Um, it got bad. I can't imagine. Yes. <laughs> Six girls. What was I thinking? Again. <laughs> but I don't like to throw in the towel right away. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I, we would have meetings with my husband, my second husband, and let's talk about the kids. Let's bring the kids to the table. Let's put our cards on the table. I always wanted to communicate. It's very important, you know. And uh, I thought I was communicating with my husband, but he didn't agree with a lot of things that I was saying about how to raise our children, what we can do to make it better, um, and uh, he was just kind of doing his own thing. 
Which is really was, hard because your children, you said, were already getting older yes. at this point, yes. and his children were also around the same age. Right. For three of his girls and my oldest daughter, they were teenagers. So you and had then, teenage girls yes. running around, getting crazy, and yes. you guys couldn't communicate on, or more that like you guys couldn't come together on how to yes. deal with right. that situation. It was a blended family. And I always thought, when things happen, we'll deal with it when it comes. Well, we did try to deal with it. And really, things really never worked worked out. Um, His thing was, his girls are his girls. My girls are my girls. Wow. So, um, so. How did that affect, how was your relationship with his daughters? Um, it got crazy. Um, it was kind of like off and on. The oldest one I was close to, uh, she helped me out a lot with the little, with my younger daughters. Um, she was more mellow. Um, the other two was kind of like off and on, but we had our differences as they got older and we kind of tried to work things out, but I always went up to my husband because I felt like I couldn't talk to the girls, but if he can talk to them on my behalf, if something was going on. Okay. I saw this, can you please talk to your daughters? And he would say he would, I don't think it ever happened. I said, let's wow. bring them to the table, and he didn't want to. He didn't and how to. is your your daughter's relationship with him? Um, They tried. They tried to get along with them. The youngest one um, would sometimes call him daddy because she was only five when we got married. Okay. She was little, and um, they tried to get along with him, and they did every now and then, you know, but things just got really bad because he was never home. Um, He said, I nagged too much because things were not being done. I just felt like he's on one page and I was on the other page. We were never on the same page. Again, you're in your second marriage, and you yes. feel the same way again. You're not on the same page uh, right? as your partner. But here you right. are, Veronica, fighting and yes. fighting to make this work. And again, it comes back to you wanting that family, mm-hmm. you wanting the marriage mm-hmm. and the kids and the life all together. That's what you were, you know, striving for. With this one, yes, you're right. With this one... We went to church. We took the girls to church. Um, I was getting to, uh, I really enjoyed going because it helped. Um, and I, I suggested, okay, things are not changing. And um, let's go to counseling. We went through counseling through the church. Mm-hmm. We went through counseling with our private insurance. Mm-hmm. Things did not change. It just got worse. Um, the kids, his daughters, jeopardized their marriage. My girls kind of left my marriage alone, you know. Um, but they counted on daddy a lot to um, take care of him, to pay their rent. Um, so it was financially a burden. He didn't take care of us. 
he took care of his children. Once they were adults. Once they were adults, yes. Okay. And I and would say, where's the know. money going to? Oh, okay. Where's the money going to? I was overdrawn with my bank. I'm like, what did we use it on? You know, what, what's going on? Come to find out. He would pay the girls rent. And I understand that. Sometimes your kids are going to need help. Right. You know, I, I totally get that. Help them if you can. If you can't, then tell them, I'm sorry. Maybe I can help you in another way. It sounds like his children were priority over his wife. Yes. And as yes. they get older and become adults, yes. there has right. to be a shift in that. I, I felt like I couldn't compete. I felt like I was competing. You know, if something was needed to be fixed in the house, oh, he'll put me off, put me aside. But if they would call and say, you know, I need something fixed, oh, he'll be right over there and fix it. And I'm like, just kind of looking around and, and, um, uh, Again, things were not changing, but I loved him, but I didn't feel the same love coming back. So you talk about a lot in your second marriage about the kids. Like, obviously, that was such a big part of your guys' marriage because you had three, he had three, we have six girls all together and trying to create this blended family. And it sounds like you were trying to do everything you didn't do in the first marriage, right? Like go to church and do the counseling and really try that connect. So tell me more about just you and him and your guys' personal relationship. You're talking a lot about your children. What about you and him? What was the connection between you guys? What were you going through as a husband and wife? The connection was... He sweet-talked me a lot. I believed everything he said. Sounds like he fed you a lot of stuff. Down to financially, yes. And then he was coming home a lot. Was always, again, alone. And at that time, he had three, excuse me, four grandchildren. And I was always with the grandchildren. Because I wanted to. I wanted to be a grandmother to them. And I was there when they were born. And I loved each and every one of them. And I still do in my heart. I miss them. But, um, but where would he, he was, go? You said he was always, he was never around? He loved to gamble. And um, he would take off uh, to Vegas a lot. And then he would go gambling. Um, to Viejas a lot, mm-hmm. try to make up the money that he was dishing out. For his daughters. For his daughters. Wow. And um, so he was trying to, he was thinking he was going to win big time. And we would we would also go to Vegas a lot and we'd try to make up that money that we lost, that he lost. And so, um, and he was just supporting his girls a lot instead of taking care of us and um I thought we were having I would try to you know uh overlook it and um I found myself like I said being alone and um and I didn't like that feeling and then he says oh I have to a lot of lying Hmm. a lot of lying um then come to find out uh, he did have an affair. Wow. 
And so he didn't come and tell me. Um, my stepdaughter told me. It was like he had to tell me. And my, because um, my stepdaughter said she found out that he was having an affair. And basically, she says, if you don't tell her, I will. I will. Wow. So I just felt my heart drop when it came out. And so um, I forgave him. And then I found out again, um, he used to go to TJ a lot for massages to the dentist. I'm like, why is he going in there all the time? And I would question him and look straight at him in his eyes. And he would lie to me. Oh, well, because it's cheaper over there. Well, come to find out, it's a small world. People talk. Um, he was with another woman. Because my cousin, one of my cousins uh, uh, saw him. And I didn't want to believe my cousin. I said, she, don't know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's crazy. That's because I was in denial. Right. You didn't want to believe and that. Obviously, I forgave him for the first affair that he had. So who knows how many more he had. You think he had more than what you knew? I, I think so, yes. He's a sweet talker. He didn't have the looks. But he was a sweet talker. And I was caught on to that. I like that sweet talk. You know, but um, so things started like again escalating and, um, and I couldn't forgive him anymore. You know, so my biggest... Uh, what put the icing on the cake is when I turned 50 years old. My oldest daughter called me and says, what are you doing for your big 50, Mom? I said, oh, nothing. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, we're going to have something. We're going to go party, everything. I'm like, no, mija. She goes, okay, we'll have a small. Let's have it at our aunt and uncle's. And the girls will be here, and then your, your grandson, your newborn grandson. I'm like, okay. So I remember being at my aunt and uncle's. We were having a good time. And I was drinking my glass of wine. And everybody was hee hee, ha ha, having a great time. All of a sudden, I just remember getting quiet. I was sitting there. And my husband, of course, was there. And I was drinking my wine, just sipping on it. And I was just looking at him and saying, okay, Ronnie, you're turning 50 years old. What now? Are you going to live like this to the rest of your life? Are you going to make a change? He had this like aha moment. Yes. And everybody didn't, didn't know what I was thinking about. But that's what I was thinking. I was just sipping it, sipping on my drink, looking at him saying, Ugh, do I really want to be with them? And I said, okay, Ronnie, things are not going to change. Quit kidding yourself. Quit kidding yourself. You deserve more than this. You tried everything again. I'm always inputting because that's what I thought you're supposed to do when you, in a marriage, you know, um, you, you love your love each other and you uh, work together and you have respect for each other, but that wasn't happening again. Right. It sounds like it was a one-way street again yes, for you. Yes, again. 
in a different way. Because the first one seems like it was a very young, passionate, aggressive marriage. Right. Right. And the second one seems like it was, it was looked, the facade of it was calming and balanced. Yes. On the outside. Yes. And so, um, but of course I didn't, it took me a while to do anything about it again. And things were just not changing again. The girls, my girls, went back and forth. I, I didn't trust them at all. Did not trust them. Um, so, um, um, a couple years after that, I said, he needs to go. And he was packing up his stuff. And he turned back around. He says, I'm not going. You You are. And he literally threw me out. So from that moment when you were 50 and you had that moment, you still stuck around a couple years after that. I did. I did. Yes. How was those last couple years for you? Not good at all. Um, It got worse. No trust. Nothing was changing. Um, The mortgage wasn't being paid. Um... Um, we had the duplex, and um, my stepdaughter's family was her half siblings, and her mom at that time was always there on our property. You guys were just taking care of everybody property. except for yeah. yourselves. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We were going without just to put a roof over his kid's head. And during these last couple years, Veronica, to everybody else on the outside, did you just keep a smile on your face during this? I did, but it was hard to hide that smile. Um, when I would go into work, I would be crying. I, I uh, have a couple of co-workers um, who uh, were very uh, supportive. Mm-hmm. And they're like, are you okay? I said, no, I'm not okay. I would go into work every day crying because things were not getting better. And then again, I was at that place. Like, what do I do? But then I'm like, my girls are not little anymore. I have to do what's best for Veronica. Now it was all about you. Yes. But then again, I didn't want to go live with anybody. <laughs> I wanted my own place. So I start kind of looking around and I'm like, it's expensive out there. Right. Especially in San this. Diego. <laughs> I'm going to pay for everything I can get. Aid, I put my, I pay my taxes. Good. You know, That's what I it's there for. Yeah, and I did not want to move in with anybody. Um, but then, um, here I go. My aunt and uncle helped me out again. The same aunt and uncle. <laughs> but I came by myself, not with my little precious daughters. You know, they have their own lives. They're adults. You know, here I go back again. <laughs> and I, you know, um, I was still embarrassed. What's a family going to think? Oh, my God. Um, and then... Uh, Come to find out, family knew already. Anyway, you know, word gets around. Um, it's a small world. So mm-hmm. when it came about that I was getting a divorce again, my family was not surprised. And like, again, they knew and they figured him out, except for me, the wife. Because I was all in love. Oh, my God. You know, I was the last one to see him, who he really was. We always are, right? The yes. The people that are in the situation. Yes. 
Yes. And I had to, again, you know, wake up and smell the coffee. So what was that final straw for you in that moment with your husband that you said, okay, I'm doing this. I'm leaving. Um, I did want to get back to him with him. Try it again. Okay. And while I was still living at my aunt and uncle's and um, we would meet secretly and try to work things out. We would talk about it and talk about it and what went wrong and and um, it sounded good and we'll go meet at hotels and have dinner. Like we were dating again when we first started and it was a good feeling. But what put the icing on the cake was one of my family members. Um, they, I did not want to say anything and about that. I was going through my divorce and my cousin came out and says, why didn't you tell us you were living out of the house? And I said, excuse me? And they knew about it because like I said, it was a small world. Right. And they knew what had happened in the past. Um, and so that's what put the icing on the Sound cake. like they were calling yes. you out. Yes. Kind of like, Veronica, yes. we know what happened. We know what you went through with yes. him. Yes. And now you're not telling us that you left, and now you're still kind of trying to see Right. Him. But that night, I, I cried. I cried. And I went home, and I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. It's It's over. It's over. And still, when we were meeting and dating, he kept on looking at his phone. And, oh, I got to go. Nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Nothing was going to change. So almost sound like he wanted to see if he can sweet talk his way back into your yes, life at yes, that point. Yes. And he was doing a really good job. I was so close to going back. And at that time, too, I'm like, okay, this time I don't care what anybody's going to say. I'm going back to him. I'm going to make it. I'm going to try to, you know, I want a marriage. I believe in marriage. So, but, um, and that's what happened. So you leave your second husband. Tell me about the divorce process with him. Because now this is your round two of going through this. Did you feel like, been there, done that in those moments, or was this completely different from leaving your first husband? It was completely different. Um, We had more assets. We had a home that we were both fighting for. Um, He wanted material stuff. And um, I'm like, no, what's mine is mine. I'm gonna get what I deserve. And so, um, again, I filled out the divorce papers and served them. And it took a long time for this divorce because we also went through, we had to go through bankruptcy as well. All at the same time. Mess, yes. Wow, that's a lot. And and then dealing with the house. Uh, We had to go to court. It was a long process. On top of divorcing. Right, right. And he didn't want to pay me anything, and I wanted alimony, and uh, we went back and forth, back and forth. But I thought it was going to be an easy process, easier, because I did not have kids, and we did not have kids together. And my girls were adults already. 
And so um, he fought me on everything. He wanted me to pay him alimony. And he wanted you to pay him? Yeah. Yes. And he wanted half my 401k. And, and he wanted both our vehicles. And just trying to bully me. And then he would be calling me. I wouldn't even answer his calls. But if I would have known when it was going to be this long, I would have hired an attorney. I thought it was just going to be cut and dry. That what we discussed, this is what we're going to do. But he kept on calling me and saying, he changed his mind. He wants the vehicles. He wants this. He wants that. So it was very stressful. And I'm like, this is never going to end. And it finally ended. Finally. How did you feel? Relieved. The only thing that stood in our way was our uh, property. Um, it was a hot mess. And so we're already done with that property. I have no ties to it. It's all over. The light in your eyes that just yes. happened when you said that yes. is, I can tell what that meant to you for it to be over mm-hmm. you know and it sounds like too that when you describe your first divorce and then describing your second again the bullying the threats the aggressiveness that you had to deal from from those men tell me advice wise for women who are listeners who are maybe considering divorce or going through a divorce, can you give them any advice on how to deal with that aggressiveness? Because I've heard so many women in that position be so scared of divorce because of what the men would threaten them with. Whether if it was children, whether if it was assets, whether if it was, you'll never find someone who's going to love you like I did. You're going to be broke. No one's going to believe any of this stuff. What advice can you give to women that are going through that right now? You do you. You do what you need to do. Um, material things can always be replaced. Um, there's a lot of fishes in the sea. Whether you choose to have another relationship or not. Uh, but you have to be your own person. You have to get in touch with your emotions. Um, you have to be happy because no one's going to make you happy. They can, if you meet someone that they can enhance your happiness, but you got to be true to yourself. You have to love yourself first because when you do that, you can move forward. Also forgiveness. Erica, I hated these men. I'm sure. And after my second, um, failure, I felt I failed um, with my marriages. Um, I'm sorry, I just lost thought and starting to get emotional. It's okay. Um, take your time. Okay, okay. Would you like to take yes. a pause? Yes. Please. Sure, of course. Thank you so much, listeners. Um, we just took a brief moment um, because talking about these things is very emotional and something that I encourage people when they come on to the show is to really let their emotions out. This is not just to reach listeners, but this is also for your own therapy and your own healing process. 
Um, when we took a quick pause, um, Veronica had said something that I'd like her to um, shed some more light on. You said that these divorces were like death. Yes. Explain that to me. It's, you're losing someone. Um, it's not, divorce is um, sad. You think you had met the right person. And you, you're supposed to be, you think you're supposed to be together forever till death do us part. But that's not the case. The divorce rate is so high. Right. You know, with financially, um, with uh, people having affairs, they're trying to find something, trying to find themselves. Um, yes, it's like grieving. Um, but you have to pull up your big chonies and move <laughs> on. Um, but you said a big key, a big part of moving on was loving yourself. Yes. And getting to know yourself. Yes. And I do think that that is half the battle of creating a healthy relationship is you as an individual putting yourself first. Right. So that you're able to give as much as you can to your partner. Yes. Of the best version of you. But you can't be the best version of you if you don't love yourself, if you don't respect That's and the key thing. take yes. care of yourself. Yes. Um, and after these two divorces, you know, I got to read a lot. Um, uh, I turn, I don't want to be religious, sound religious, but I had turned to God a lot. And he has helped me get through this emotionally. Um, where I'm at today, um, it's, it's about him. And he's blessed me with my daughters and my grandkids. Because um, life goes on. You know, you, and, you're a clear example of life can go on. And, you know, you told me off um, before that with each divorce, you said you would never marry again. Yes. <laughs> and you went through a lot of hatred. You went through, I hate men. I don't want to be around anybody. Yes. I just need to be by myself. And then you went on to your second marriage and you fought 18 years in that marriage. Yes. You let go. You're now in your early 50s when you leave your second marriage. Yes. And now you say, I am completely done. I'm never doing this again. I'm too old for this shit. Right. Forget it. I don't need to. Right. So, but you did date and you did have a little boyfriend shortly after. Yes, I did. And, but that you didn't go too much further in. Right? You guys right. just stayed as dating. Right. Just, uh, he wound up being just a good friend. He was there to help me with my second marriage. Um, Almost like an emotional rebound. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He, he taught me a lot as well. Um, and through that process, um, I started thinking, I do want to be in love again. I just didn't pick the right man. You know, um, things happened that I had no control over. And so um, 
with this person I was dating, I wanted more and he didn't want to. And so we just wind up being best of friends. And I would pray and say, God, you know, let this person love me and I want to be with this person. But God has a sense of humor. So, but during that time, before, let me back it up a little, before that, uh, my daughters would say, yeah, mom, you're going to be a divorcee. And so when you're ready, uh, we're going to set you up with these men. <laughs> and I would say, absolutely not, even at work. Um, the girls, my coworkers would tease me. Yeah, you know, you should go out. And I said, I hate men. Don't even <laughs> look my way. Don't have a man look at me. Nothing. I, I don't want to be with men. I don't want, I don't trust them. I, I've done two already. That's it. And so, um, but like I said, God has a sense of humor. When I got with this guy, I wanted him. Um, and God said, no. I'm not giving you this person. I'm going to give you someone else. So when I met this, my third husband now, um, it's, uh, I fought that a little bit too. And he was also going through a divorce as well. And um, he's an incredible man. He is the right person for me. But we both... Um, let us be ourselves. Um, and um, I'm still my own person, even though we're, to ma we're married. And he's still his own person. Uh, we communicate a lot. We have fun. We don't take things so seriously. Um, with him, with my children and my grandkids, that's his children and grandkids as well. He makes them feel included. You know, he talks to them. He, you know, my kids are starting to come around and they feel comfortable with him. Um, he's a good person. Um, we've both been through the same, kind of the same situation. And uh, we finally found someone, each other, that, that we love, that we have respect. Um, and uh, this is it for us. <laughs> And we believe that God brought us together. And uh, he's a good man, good provider, and my best friend. I am. Now, Veronica, I'm a person who definitely believes in it's all about the timing. So with your third husband, third marriage, do you feel that if you guys had met each other at a different time, that it wouldn't have been right? That's what we say sometimes. We talk about it and say, why didn't we meet each other a long time ago? But maybe the things that we went through to this time, maybe it wouldn't have worked out. But believe it or not, I'm kind of glad that what I've been through, I've learned a lot with these two marriages. I learned a lot about myself. That makes me a better person right. for this person that I have in my life now. So in in your closing, yes. what would you like to leave our viewers with? 
what would what advice would you like to leave our listeners that are going through same things or maybe gave up on love maybe already went through divorce and don't want to do this all over again what advice would you give that woman to me a lot of women that i've spoken to that say ronica you come a long way and i found out that a lot of women are looking for love they say, well, why can't we meet somebody like you? And then I start to tell them my story. And I said, there is hope. There is hope. Um, just let it happen. Just go with the flow. If, if you want to be with someone, you know, you'll know in your heart that it's the right person. It's the right choice. Okay. And they say, what my aunt shared with me, because my grandmother told her, is that a good man, you'll know if he treats his mother well. I'm also very lucky that my husband is very good to his mama. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, I want to share something with our viewers. Um, this was a really important interview for me to do um, in a certain way. Um, I would like to share with my viewers that, um, or my listeners, I should say, um, Veronica Reynosa is my mother. And the reason why I didn't want to share that before is because I wanted my mom to freely speak as if she wasn't speaking to her daughter, because her and I have had these conversations plenty of times throughout the years. But this was different. This was about my mom's journey and what it took for her to be the woman that she is today. I watched my mom go through everything she just told you and shared with you. As her oldest daughter, I watched my mom fight for love so many times. And I remember having conversations with my mom after she left her second husband. And I had told you that you deserved more out of love, that you settled for what you thought you deserved, and you deserved so much more. Yeah. With men in your life. And I am so proud of the woman you are today. I am so proud that you're able to come on here and share your story and let people in. Because you've been through a lot in this journey of love. Yes. And it's all come full circle for you. Yes, it has. And there is hope, you know, whether you choose to be by yourself or if you want to get remarried again, give that person a chance. Because that person that I'm married to now is not those other men. Right. You know, he's his own self. I don't compare, you know. Well, he used to do that to me, he used to, but I don't compare. He is who he is. Because then that won't be giving it a fair chance. Right. If he, he deserves that. a good chance. And yeah. I will say he is the 
best stepfather I've ever had. Thank you. And you treat your mother like a queen. I will not just say that. I will say that um, I had a friendship um, with my stepfather before he became my mom's boyfriend. Um, We had worked together um, for about almost six years. um, And I'm honored to have him as a stepfather. He is incredible. He's incredible not just to my mom, but he is the man in our lives that made us feel a part of your marriage. And for yes. 18 years, I never felt that. I know, sweetheart. And can't even begin to tell you what I felt in your first marriage because that is my father. And that will be a whole nother series that we will have to record. Yeah, there's definitely a whole nother thing on that one. Um, but again, thank you listeners for tuning in on this one. Um, if you have a story to tell, um, I love the hashtag share your truth um, because this is about nobody else but you and mom. This yes. is your truth. This is your journey. And people can have their opinions on whatever they want about what they witnessed or what they felt. And it's all just opinions. Yes. Because this is your story. And I am so thankful that you came on the show today to tell your truth. Thank you. I struggled with it a little bit. You did fine. Because I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to do this. But I'm, I hope out there that it does help women. I really, really do, and thank God, you know, that you did ask me, and it does feel good to share my story, my journey, you know, and it helps you move forward. Absolutely, and you are helping women by sharing this. Every time a woman comes on here and shares her truth, there is someone who can connect with that. Yes. So thank you, Veronica. Thank you for having me, Erica. I appreciate you, Mom. I love you. I love you as well, Miha. I love you more. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you, audience. (laughs) This is a little emotional for us, and I'm sure we're going to have some crying moments when I turn this off. So (laughs) thank you for tuning in. Join us next time. Fist up, chingonas. (laughs)